0: One, two, three, four.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive, on demand content, or download the official Diddy TV app from your App Store today. Welcome to Insights, everyone. Today, we're thrilled to get to share our recent conversation with legendary drummer, songwriter, artist, and photographer Gina Schock. Shock has just published a new book titled Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go-Go's. It's a wonderfully vivid photographic journey, as told by Gina, drummer of the groundbreaking all-female rock band, the Go-Go's. The book features intimate personal photographs and memorabilia, collected over the course of her 40-year career, and has already been heralded by fans and press alike. Let's hear Gina's take, and also learn more about her background along the way.
2: Gina, you know, welcome to Diddy TV. I'm so excited to have you here to talk about Made in Hollywood, All Access with the Go-Go's, your new book about your life with the Go-Go's. And uh, show me a copy. Oh, yeah, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> and uh, and I have to say, that picture was one of the things I was going to ask you about because it was with you guys in the tutus, and it was when you were filming a video for... Vacation. vacation.
0: This shot is was taken by our manager, Ginger Canzanari. Uh she she was always snapping photographs too. Um uh yeah, Ginger took this photograph. Uh, it was during a break when we were shooting the vacation video um in at the Chaplin Sound Stage, Toronto Chaplin's old sound stage on the Brea. It mm-hmm. was at AM Records. They they had they had bought that whole area there. Um and uh that was during a little break that we were taking, uh, and we walked outside onto La Brea in those tutus. Can you imagine what people were driving by? I wonder what they were thinking—like <laughs> crazy, crazy hooker people out there. And this picture makes me laugh because Kathy's got that cigarette. Like Christ, what a day it's been! When <laughs> is is <this> over? <laughs>
2: But that's one of the things I thought was so funny about the photo is she's sitting there smoking. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so done with this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was that was believe me, that was like over 12 hours of shooting in a day. That's that was uh, videos back then were really were very time consuming. And um, yeah, it was uh, not the most fun doing them, but the end result was well worth it.
2: Yeah, it's way more work than people think to make a video like
0: that. Oh my God, it really is. It really is a lot of work. All the preparation, you know, um, before you actually get on screen, but, uh, and then uh, doing takes over and over, you know.
2: Whose idea was it to put you guys in tutus?
0: Ginger had a postcard that she picked up in London and it was of these five skiers and it was in, the Everglades, somewhere in Florida, I forget where. Uh, and we were, she had that idea and she brought it to the guy that wound up directing the video, uh, Mick Haggerty and C.D. Taylor, these two, um, and they, she came with a concept and they, the three of them worked on it and the vacation video is the, uh, the outcome. It was great, very smart, smart, very smart.
2: Very smart, very smart marketing because it was kind of the opposite of your image. And so that's what made it even crazier. I mean, I love it. We that.
0: always love to do things that are not, that people wouldn't expect, you know? I mean, we're never gonna see us trying to look sexier, you know, uh, we never played on that big women. We just didn't, we thought it was a cheap shot.
2: Well, let's go back because it's a pretty amazing story. And to this day, there aren't many all-girl bands. And so, and, and then there really weren't any. And so I wanted to kind of go back where you got your start and you grew up in Baltimore, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I grew up in Baltimore.
2: And you originally weren't playing the drums. You started with guitar and bass and how did that go?
0: I mean, I loved music as a kid always growing up. I was always, you know, waiting for the Ed Sullivan show and who the musical guests would be that week. As a kid, I just was drawn to music and my parents played a lot of music in, in our home. They were always dancing and you know, there was always music. It was it was a, it was a a beautiful place to grow up in. Our the, the Shock Castle was pretty magical. Um, anyway, my brother took me to see my first concert, and that was Led Zeppelin opening for The Who. And I think I was like 11 years old. And at that moment, I knew uh, that, you know, after seeing that show, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be up on that stage. I I wanted to be, you know, a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> So I started saving my money to, and I bought, I bought a bass, I bought a guitar, I took lessons and I didn't have patience for lessons. So, you know, I saved up more money and I thought I'll try drums. So I I tried the drums and it was a perfect fit. I knew I would never have to, I've never taken a lesson playing drums. It just was very natural for me to be doing. Um, It felt comfortable. It was, it was a perfect fit. I would just put headphones on and play with my favorite records. And that's basically how I taught myself to play drums. Uh, it was, you know, I, I could listen to music and uh, figure out stuff, how to play it, you know, listen by ear. I didn't, I didn't know how to read music, um, but I could listen to a song and usually figure out how to play it on guitar or piano, things like that. Um, so that that's sort of like my gift. Everybody's given a gift, you know, that there's something they're really good at. And I, I feel like mine was in, uh, you know, certainly in the music area.
2: You were lucky to discover it at such a young age, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I knew, I knew what I wanted to do. I, it, it spoke to me. It was something that, that touched me. That made me feel alive. It sparked my interest a hundred percent and it kept me focused at all times. And so I didn't get into trouble. I was like paying attention to what was going on with music, you know, spending every dime on all, all the records I could buy and all the concert tickets I could buy everything. All my money was spent buying concert tickets, albums, magazines, Anything to do with music. I was I was I was buying
2: it. I was right there with you when I was growing up. I couldn't wait for the next concert. And I remember that the yeah. tickets were like eight dollars or something like that. And that was considered oh. an expensive ticket.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think what was the ticket in my in my book, that ticket for that Led Zeppelin and the Who? Wait a minute, how much was that? And now I want to see how much it was. It was something ridiculous. What a great concert
2: too, to be your first concert.
0: Yeah, I know. Led Zeppelin opened for the Who. Oh, okay, 375, 375 to see The Who and Led Zeppelin at Brother Post Pavilion. And they spelled Led, L-E-A-D. That was the first, that was, yeah, that was the first um, American tour for, for, for Led Zeppelin, was uh, in 69, yeah.
2: You know what struck me in the book too, is that all the way back to when you were young, you were an amazing documentarian and photographer, you took all these photos. You kept all these things that a lot of people would have thrown away, and so you're now able to put it into this magnificent book that really chronicles the history of not only you but obviously the Go-Go. So it was uh, it was so great to see all those photos, and I remember a lot of those times myself, and and it's really fun to. It was fun for me to look and look back and sort of see all that. So in the punk scene that was going on in sort of the D.C. Baltimore. Um, in the 1970s, there were all sorts of punk bands there like Scream and I think Bad Brains and some others. Were you into any of that scene when you were in Baltimore?
0: Um, You know what, I was, uh, I grew up in an area called, in Dundalk, it was my neighborhood, and uh, pretty much where I grew up, it was sort of hard rock. Uh, But I did listen to a lot of different things. And I was, my, my, the thing that attracted me the most was, was British music. I would, I would spend a lot of money buying British imports, you know. Um, I just loved that whole music scene. That's, that's what attracted me the most uh, musically. And then the punk scene came up and I, I joined a band called Scratch and Sniff. And we were uh, Baltimore's first punk new wave band. And we played at the Marble Bar, which was the happening club to play at in Baltimore, like uh, the talking heads played there, uh, you know, bands that were, that was like the only like cool club in Baltimore when, if you're doing a tour, uh, for a, a band an up and coming band. So a lot of people played there and, and it was a, like a real thrill to play the, that was like the premier punk club or whatever in Baltimore, the marble bar. Uh, but I don't, I don't really know what I wasn't paying attention to much more outside of, outside of Baltimore. Uh, you know, I was, I was listening to, you know, paying attention to New York, what was going on in New York and L.A., and for me, that was like the Ramones, uh, that, that was a big, and, and, and Blondie, um, um, I, I mean, I was listening to that uh, during that period of time, but, but I sort of was all over the place, I, I did listen, and i would and be listening to Leonard Skinner, too, <laughs> so I, I was interested in a lot of different things, but I did, I think I like British music the most.
2: Well, one of the things that struck me about your career in music is that, you know, a lot of people have desire to be a rock star, and there is some luck involved in in people's careers and whatever career you're in, but you really set about to make this happen, and you made it happen, and I was really impressed by the that part of the journey that you had.
0: Well, I you know, I had this dream of what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I just followed uh, that dream. I, I, I really did believe when I left my home in Baltimore for LA that I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> and I told everyone so when I left. Uh, I, I just thought, yeah, it's gotta happen because it's all I care about. My whole life is all about this. I've gotta be in a band, we've gotta make it. Um, and I was gonna do whatever it took to make that happen. And that was first step, leaving Baltimore. You know, there was, I just, there was, there was nothing musically. I didn't know where to go. Uh, I, I, I knew I was attracted to the punk scene. I was in that being scratch and sniff, but I felt like I was going to have to go to either LA or New York to, to, you know, to be, you know, seen by labels and get a deal. Um, and I chose LA because it was, it was the cost of living was, it was easier to live there. And I knew a couple of people that I could stay with. And so I, I came to I came to LA in my father's pickup truck with everything I own um, and my friend from high school, and stayed with my friend Steve uh, when I got out there. And we went to different clubs. Well, I mean, at first I put my name up in all the record stores and, and music stores, um, like uh, and, and and you know what, what influenced me, and, and I was looking to join a band, blah blah blah. And I got in a couple of bands right off the bat, but the guy that I was living with, Steve, at the time, he said, there's this band, the Go-Go's, you need to go see them, you need to kick that drum around and join that band, so (laughs) he did, he took me to see the Go-Go's playing at Club 88, and um, there was some great little magic happening in that band, and I, I felt like, you know, maybe they just needed to work a little harder, there was something happening that I felt was worthy of really looking into, trying to get, trying to meet the girls, and you know, maybe get in the band. Well, anyway, I did do that. I met them at a party and, and um, they, they said they were looking for a drummer. And I said, oh, well, I'm looking to get in a band. They came over to Steve's house because Steve was gracious enough to let me set up my entire drum kit. And I brought a PA system with me and amps. And I had it all set up in the room. They walked in with the you know guitar and bass and the microphone because I had a PA. And we started playing and after a couple songs, it was very obvious that this was a great, fit. I was gonna, I was gonna continue with this band. And the next day they fired the drummer. I put the other two bands and we got to work right after that.
2: What, um, what was the LA scene like when you got there? Just in Oh, general. it was so
0: great. It was, it was a, the perfect time for music when I got there. The punk scene was thriving in LA, in San Francisco, in New York um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and the scene in L.A. was it was just a, a large group. Everybody was friends. Um, we all we all hung out every night and we go to see all, everybody was in band. So we go see our friends playing, you know, tonight we go see two or three shows a night. Um, and we knew every everyone knew each other and we were very supportive of each other. Uh, it was a really wonderful time to be there and to be a part of that scene. Cause you could, it allowed you to be who you wanted to be, and you didn't have to be a great, a great musician to fit in and 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 have a band. It was, it was about having fun, but also pushing yourself to see if you really do have something that was, you know, worthy of uh, of getting a deal and 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 having, you know, uh, you know, go to a tour uh, across the entire country, you know, getting famous, you know, however it worked out. Um, it was, a, it was a journey that we were all ready to take, uh, more than willing to take. And uh, so we just did our thing every night.
2: Do you think at that time that the, the scene, the music scene, was more organic and inclusive than it is now?
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. I think so. And, you know, back then, nobody had cell phones. And, there, you know, you couldn't take pictures with your cell phone. It was... Uh, it was, you had to be there, you had to be in person, you had to be there to see what was going on. Um, and ex- really, ex- to really experience it.
2: So what so, kind of camera were you using to, to take I all know, these at,
0: photos? At first I had like an Instamatic, I was just taking photos Then I, then I, I pitched, I, I uh, did a little homework and found that I like this, a Canon, I bought a Canon 35 millimeter uh, camera. And then I bought a, um, a Polaroid camera. Um, so I was, always taking photographs.
2: Were the pictures for fun, or did you realize no, that you were fun. documenting?
0: I didn't know what I was gonna do with any of it. I was just capturing moments in time with the band, and I didn't really know that one day I would be having a book that I could share them with the world, and I, I didn't know I'd be putting this all together so many years later, but it was something that that I was drawn to, and so I took a lot of photographs. and. Every, it was very spontaneous, nothing was planned out. It all just sort of happened and I was just clicking away.
2: I read too that you're proud of the fact that the Gogo's played a part in the women's movement. And at the time, did you realize what the band would mean to women, girls no. everywhere? No.
0: No, it wasn't conscious. It was just, I guess uh, we were doing our part by just being who we were and succeeding. Um, and doing all the, you know, doing all the right stuff. Uh, You know, we we weren't put together. It was very organic. It happened the way that you would wish it would. Um, And, you know, all these years later, you look and see that we did influence a lot of folks. And that's a really good feeling.
2: Yeah, I bet it is a great feeling. And I know you guys toured early on with bands like Madness and, and some other bands that might've had a slightly different sound to yours. And the Go-Go's kind of moved from punk to more of a power pop sound. So how did that happen? And was it the influence of other bands or what was it going on there? You no,
0: know, we were, I mean, we're still a punk band at heart. Um, when you come and see us play live, you, you'll always, you'll see that we play pretty, pretty rough and tumble. Um, we're not very polished, uh, but when we recorded our first record, Richard, our producer, Saw in us what we didn't see, and that was that we could transform what was strictly a punk sound, a punk uh, punk songs, uh, into these beautiful sort of uh, pop rock punk gems. Um, Because you know we uh, we slowed everything down, and we kind of a lot lost a little bit of the punk element in that. But we, you know. uh, we still kept it alive in, in, in our performances, and, uh, um, uh, but, but, but Richard did, did show us that we were capable of doing more than just punk. We could, it could, it could be bigger, it could be broader. Um, and he allowed the songs to breathe. We slowed them down and you could really hear the melodies, which all along were pop melodies. You know, I mean, the songs always had a pop, the, the vocal melody was always pop, but the music was really fast and sort of loose and, and you know, and, and when Richard got us all together, you know, he just slowed it down and helped us polish things up a little bit. And it came out sounding a little more pop than we had anticipated. And we were at first, we were really pissed off. But then when the record went, you know, was climbing the charts, and it went to number one, <laughs> then he was our favorite. Person. But before that, we were like, "God damn it, he ruined the sound of this band." But little did we know it was going to work really well, and we did learn a lot from in that process. You know,
2: for sure. And and what sa- what it's always sounded like to me is is punk with melody, because there were songs you could actually sing to as a listener.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're great melodies, uh, you know, um, and great lyrics for at that time. You know, um, they still stand up really well. I think. Um, and our live shows are great. Uh, they really rock um, and, and we don't use, you know, there's, there's it, it, it's a five of us on stage playing. Um, nobody's behind the screen. So in
2: 1981, um, you signed to IRS records and you guys were putting out your, your first album, Beauty and the Beat. Yeah. And what was it like to get signed to a label? Did that change everything?
0: Uh, well, yeah, it did change everything because we were, it, that allowed us, uh, they, they gave us some money so that we could actually get a decent producer and, and we got Richard Goddard who was, and Miles Copeland was very, very smart to help us get Richard because Richard was a song man. And we needed somebody to help him help us polish these songs up and make sure they were in the best form they could be to record. Um, and even though the budget was pretty small, I think we, it was like $60,000 to make that first record. Um, and then it, I mean, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we got to, to, to leave LA and go to New York and stay in a hotel and record every day. I mean, we felt like rock stars. We were, we were, we were in the process of becoming rock stars. Uh, it was such a cool time. You know, we'd work all night, then go out the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> we would work till whenever 10 or 11, and then we'd go out till three or four in the morning or, you know.
2: We were young
0: and it was we were having the time of our lives.
2: That had to be a fun time to be in New York City too.
0: Oh my God, it, that place was exploding. It was, uh, you know, you could go see a live band any any day of the week or you could go to a club. Everything was happening back then. It was a great time for music. What would you
2: say was your first big break or when did you realize, hey, this, this is going someplace, this album's going up?
0: That really happened. When we started touring with the police, because prior to that we were in a twelve-seater band tour in the country, and that was pretty hellish. Um, and then when Miles asked us to open for the police on their their you know their tour, which they were playing like Madison Square Garden and uh, the Forum, they were playing all eighteen thousand seaters, eighteen to twenty thousand seaters, and you know that changed everything for us. Um, all of a sudden, we're playing in these big arenas. We go from clubs to arenas, and it was an incredible thing. You know, uh, the we started seeing the record sales really start to pick up, and then we did when we and then we did Saturday Night Live, which was a big deal back then. Um, whoever the musical guest was um, that changed everything. I think after we did that, like a week or two later, our record went to number one, that was sort of cemented it, was the Saturday Night Live performance. But um, being on tour with the police really really changed everything too. It was a big deal. Because when we finished with them, we came back, we finished in LA, and then we had a week or two off, and then we went right back out on the road and uh, played all the same venues that we had just played with the police, only we headlined them.
2: So that had to be a trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, was great. it was great, but it was all happening really fast. And it was happening so fast that I don't really feel like I had, I couldn't appreciate it as much as I do now in retrospect. I'm like, wow, that was an amazing thing. But it was really happening fast. So
2: did everyone get along when you were touring?
0: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I think we did. You know, the little girl gang, the five of us. Um, and we would go out and terrorize whatever city we were in that night. When we got some, we were out and about.
2: So, did do you feel that as a as an all girl band back then, that you were treated any differently when you were on tour, or was everything pretty much the same?
0: What, in what way? What do you mean? By promoters or by the yeah. general publisher? Who do, do you mean? By band members, other bands
2: or? Other bands, promoters, when you get, went to venues, did, was it, did you feel like you were just another rock band or did they treat you any differently?
0: No, I, I felt like they treated us, you know, were very pretty polite to us mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, I mean, initially they may not have taken us seriously, but you couldn't, you couldn't argue with the numbers, okay? And we were selling millions of records, and that's when you know the suits and ties have to stop and go. Yeah, man, something's happening here. We gotta, we gotta show some respect.
2: Well, and I, I noticed that in the in the book, uh, there are lots of pictures of other artists that you came across when you were touring: Chrissy Hine, The Police, Johnny Cash, and among others.
0: And... Lots, lots of folks that we came across over over our. Uh, during our journeys over the years, and uh, I, you know, I'm so grateful for all that time. Uh, 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 you know, we met so many people you only dreamed of meeting, like hanging out with Johnny Cash. Wow, that's pretty heavy. And and I love that I that I have photographs that I can just look at and, re- and remember how it felt. You know, because we, looking at these photographs, it makes you, you, it, it elicits feeling and. It's great to have this book so that I can remember all that stuff and I can share it with all the fans and I'm very excited about it.
2: Well, so in the middle of all this excitement and your touring and everything is going so great, you actually ended up with a health problem. You had to go in and have surgery and take time off and all those things. And um, was the band supportive of that whole time period for you?
0: Oh, of course. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah, of course they're my family. They're my friends. They were, they were mortified and none of us could believe it was really happening. I mean, uh, you know, to be told that you have to have heart surgery at the age of 26 is, is very heavy. Um, and that's when we took our, our famous Palm Springs trip, um, and, you know, rented a Jag, rented a caddy and drove out there like crazy women and partied and, uh, you know, sort of our last hurrah in case I didn't make it, um, and it brought it brought it brought us all together at a time when things were pretty pretty splintered.
2: Well, that's what sort of struck me from the photos in the book is that it really looks like you guys are just having a blast and having fun together, and that it was like a big, long, extended girl trip.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's you know, you know, we get together and we're like a bunch of high school kids. You know, I mean, we laugh at stupid shit. We're always <laughs> We always seem to have a really good time. And, you know, there were some difficult periods, don't get me wrong, that that we've all gone through individually and as a band, as a group. Um, But we kept pushing, we pushed through all that. We've become much better communicators. um, And that's helped immensely in the band. Uh, There's no more screaming and hollering at each other. You know, we just... You know, but we were there was so much going on and we were all experiencing this this stardom at the same time. It was crazy. It really was. It was a lot to take in at that age. You're not you're not equipped. There's you know, you're learning as you go. And um, we're sort of relying on each other, and the people around us. We might not get the best information from some people that we're hanging out with or, you know, it, it was a it was a learning experience. And we've all we're all better because of it, you know.
2: Were you experiencing the positives and the negatives of fame?
0: Yeah, all of it adds up. All of it adds up into being who we are as adults. You know, Um, we were definitely growing up together. You know, anybody that's a rock star or a huge, uh, huge, someone that's a a, a big, an actor or anything, they all come from somewhere, you know? And when you first, when you first make it, you're you're still trying to figure out how to navigate it all. So, but at least we had each other. So
2: how did you write the songs? Did you, did one person write and everyone else sort of arrange or how did that happen with the Go-Go's?
0: It depended on the song, but mainly uh, in the beginning it was Charlotte and Jane writing the songs and then we'd all arrange it. And then
2: I know that you write songs even today. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um,
0: yeah, I, I wasn't a songwriter initially, but I became a songwriter when I saw how much money the songwriters made. Um, <laughs> and then that caused a big problem and that, that definitely was part of why we broke up, but I think we've learned uh, a better way. Um, so I'm hoping that, uh, well, we worked everything out. Um, so, so, uh, everything's on a good path and has been for many years, uh, uh, I just always believe that we we all the five of us work to make it happen. And I, I, I you read the book, you'll, 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 I explain it all in the book. I don't want to give away too much. No, stuff no, here. we're not
2: gonna we're not gonna give away everything. That's what I was saying is this is sort of the just barely touching on the amazing fun stories that are in this book. Um, and you received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that that was going to happen?
0: No, I didn't. But I one thing I can tell you is that when I was growing up, I just remember when someone would get a, a star on Hollywood Boulevard. That that was like that meant you made it, you know. That was that was the uh, the, the the top of of, of the top, you, you know. That, the 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 creme de la creme. That was you know that meant you couldn't get any bigger than than, than getting a star on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, so when it really happened, it was sort of. Uh you know, I, I was really happy for my parents mainly uh, because, you know, I got them a plaque as well. Um, it was a big deal. It's still really cool that we got to star on Hollywood Boulevard, man. You walk, because you think about all the people that come from all over the world just to walk down Hollywood Boulevard and look at those stars and maybe look for somebody that they grew up loving first, you know, and then they stand on top of that star and realize, you know, that that, that person or that group was actually there when that star was put in. It's, it's a cool thing.
2: Yeah, it's very cool. And I, I really just have one last question for you. Yes. Because what I really want is for everyone to run out and get this book, because it is so, ah. it's a, such a great book. But you guys are still together today. And if you look back, what do you think is the mus- musical legacy
0: of the Go-Go's? We did things the right way. It was all very organic. Um, we, we have some great songs that we have recorded and it'll be around forever. And we achieved what we had only dreamed of achieving. And it is there for other young girls or anybody, for that matter, to go, you know, well, they did it. I could do this. We all came from somewhere, from some town, you know, and met in Hollywood and in LA and we made it happen. If anybody, if anybody it's capable, if you're capable of anything if you really put your mind to it. Um, and, and stay focused and, uh, you know, there's more than just the name, the go-go's. If you look beyond it, which you can in this book, um, you, you'll see the journey and, and, and uh, that's a very important part of it. You know, once you reach, uh, once you have money and you have everything you've dreamed of, you, you look back at it and you go, "Wow, working to make all that happen was the best part of it because it really is. Uh, when you were really poor and you were having to eat uh, on five bucks a day or something, those times I look at that and I, it really makes me smile and know that like we were so absolutely focused on making it. We were doing whatever we had to do, um, and that so other people, you know, it can happen. It can happen to other people too. It can happen to you if you if you really want it hard enough, bad enough, rather. Um, And uh, so I think we leave great songs and some funny videos and I don't know.
2: Well, what struck me is that you guys really went after it and you made it happen. And I love the fact that it was fun um, and that you guys are still doing it. And I hope everyone gets a book.
0: Yeah, we're we're going to be out. uh, My book comes out the 26th. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction is the 30th. Um, then later at the end of the year, we're going to be doing, I think, six or seven shows on the West coast. Um, next year, we're already booking some shows in the States and in June and July, we're going to be in England opening for, um, for Billy, Billy Idol. Um, and we're doing all the stadiums with him. We're doing like Wembley and Leeds arena, all the football stadiums. And we're very much alive. We're still doing what we love to do. And, um, only we're not doing it at break next week. We're taking our time and enjoy the ride this time around,
2: you know? Well, I hope I see you on the road because I would love to catch one of your shows. And in the meantime... We'll be around
0: next year. If we, yeah. if we can all, you know, hope and pray that COVID, that things get better.
2: Absolutely. I feel like we're heading that direction and the book is Made in Hollywood, All, right, sure. all Access with the Go-Go's. Gina Schock, thank you so much for joining us. It was great. It was so great to meet you. And thanks for stopping thank by Dignity TV.
1: We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Gina Schock, To learn more about Gina and what she's up to, and to order your copy of Made in Hollywood, all access with the Go-Go's, be sure to visit GinaShock.com. And remember, you can visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive, on-demand content, and download the official, free DiddyTV app from your app store today.
3: It's NFL Draft Season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.